Welcome to Transformation. I'm Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network, your host for this radio and podcast series. This is a special Coping with COVID edition of Transformation, which is made possible thanks to the support of the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. This pandemic has dominated all of our lives, and that is a situation that really is being seen all around the world. Today we get a farmer's perspective. Eric Youngren, Eric Farms at Hallock, Minnesota, and joins us today. Eric, how has COVID-19 changed your day-to-day activities on the farm? You know, to a large degree, I think we go to the field and we feel social distance in, in that. I would say that on our farm, my farm with two cousins and their kids, and um, I think we're more careful just about being around each other and social distancing. And even the people that come on the farm, they're not spending really any time visiting and you're, you know, mindful of where they are and, you know, maybe where have they been and who they've been in contact with and and what your risks are for catching the virus. I think the big thing for us this year will be harvest when we get help to come for beets and how do we handle that? How do we sanitize the trucks? What's the... Uh, regiment at the piler and how do we just handle this many people in a fairly confined area Um, you're sharing tractors with people you've got drivers sharing trucks with another driver people are coming in from all over the area all over the country really for beet harvest and and who knows what they're going to bring in with them and so there's a lot of planning that you had to do that never has entered your mind. Fortunately, I, I, I think being on in a rural area, we don't have the population density, and that's helped us so far. But like I said, you get people coming up from the cities and, and things like that, and we might be setting ourselves up for something here at harvest time when we really can't afford anything to go wrong. Yeah, great point. You know those field days that we typically see all summer, all the meetings that we have, trade shows, yeah. uh, they've gone by the wayside. A lot of them gone virtual. Uh, you mentioned a bit how you're dealing with some of your input suppliers and such. Uh, has that changed the relationship any? I, yeah, a lot of that has gone to, to cell phone anyway. Um, when I was a kid, the supplier came out and sat in the farm and visited for, you know, all morning, really. And, and I think technology has really changed that. You know, you talk about the field days that we used to have in the shop meetings, and I think that's a big uh, detriment this year that you're not out in the field looking at the university's plots and seeing exactly what they have and just knowing what their thoughts are when you're standing in the field. I, I don't think you can replicate that virtually or through a Zoom call. Um, Crystal had their shop meeting on the web here for a period of time where you could view it but you know a lot of there's so much that has to be done face to face but i really think we're entering maybe a new um era or new uh period of technology on the farm where um social interaction isn't what it used to be and and maybe it won't be in the future yeah i think we were heading down that path but this just accelerated it as as far as i'm concerned anyway that's for sure. That's for sure. Eric, you've got young kids as well. Uh, how has uh, how's COVID-19 impacted the, the family? Well, I'm really concerned about 
I think what I'm calling the COVID generation and how they're going to grow up. My kids are, the oldest is nine, and we have twins that are six. And, of course, they left school in March, and they haven't seen their friends since March, other than we went camping the 4th of July, and it was just like almost Christmas. They were so happy to see each other. Uh, this group of kids running around together that hadn't been together for four months, they're going to grow up now, depending on what happens this fall, not having the social inter- interaction that they need now as first graders or kindergartners. There's only so much you can do virtually. A lot of it, in my opinion, has to be done face-to-face. And even for a third or fourth grader, there's a lot of repetition and having a teacher show you what to do and interacting with your kids and learning from your mistakes and uh, just learning how to be around people. And right now, those kids aren't seeing, experiencing any of that. They're home. They're with their sisters and their parents and not around other kids their age or their peers. I, I'm concerned that they're going to almost become a hermit generation that is content to stay home, and it's a real struggle. It may become to be a real struggle just to get out of the house and into society and enjoy a lot of the things that we've taken for granted. Going shopping, going to the store, going to uh, an event, a school event, a church event, any any birthday parties. You know, as, the more we do this socially, or v- virtually, I mean, the harder it's going to be for that group of kids to overcome what they've known really their whole life, which is distance learning and being apart from society. Are you concerned on a, on a, on a health standpoint? Uh, uh, certainly in rural areas, we probably aren't seeing the impact that they would in a metro, but uh, how big of a concern is that? I'm concerned about our health. That's for sure. I think it's to our advantage that we're, we live where we do, and we don't have the influx of people. Even um, for other areas of northern Minnesota where they have, like Lakes Country, where people are coming in from the cities and, and bringing potentially viruses with them. So I'm not as concerned, I think, being in Halleck, Minnesota, in the northwest corner of the state, the last place that most people will ever think of coming. And, and I'm probably being a little naive or too relaxed with my thinking but i would also say that i i really see a mental health challenge coming out of this and people needing to get out and be with people we don't have a lot of people up here to start with and you take half a dozen people out of an event and it's noticed and it's easy easy to be forgotten about if you're stuck at home We've certainly had some uh, mental health issues, uh, stress as it relates to what's going on with these markets, uh, ongoing trade war, weather. Uh, This just kind of adds to that pile, doesn't it? It does. And and then the trade war is just never-ending. The prices of our commodities are stuck really in a rut starting in January. If you look at a chart of spring wheat, it's pretty much a staircase down. There's very few rallies or opportunities to sell at a good price for this coming crop. 
and and we've had the government programs that are supposed to make things easier and provide some cash, which they do, and they're welcomed in farm country. But um, farmers want their money from the market. I spent nine years with Minnesota wheat and national wheat, and that was always the mantra is let the market dictate what we're going to get. And the markets have just been hammered and hammered and hammered by one thing after another. The trade war starting a couple of years ago, the COVID issues with changing demand now, as well as getting how the COVID virus has impacted international relations, I guess, with China. There's just so many bad factors weighing on the market that it's hard to see any real optimistic opportunity on the horizon and our costs aren't changing at all in coming down Uh, something's got to give there and i'm not sure what it's going to be do you see this having long-term implications for for those of us on the farm i do see long-term implications yeah um and again it, it really doesn't matter what the impetus is of it but there's so many factors that we need to overcome now that any positive news lasts for maybe an hour and then you go back to trade war coronavirus um, lack of demand people aren't going to restaurants Um, you know it's just i'm not sure it'll be a disaster to get the market shook up again of some sort but um, you just hope it's not you do you anticipate more consolidation in agriculture, whether it's in the the farm sector or or in the agribusiness world? Well, we saw that, you know, with Bayer and Monsanto a few years ago. That was the leading indicator, I think, of what we're seeing now. Um, I really don't have a good thought on what the future may hold. Eventually, how how uh, how how much can you consolidate? And maybe you'll see more consolidation on the local level. Of course, we're seeing that with dealerships consolidating. Of course, that started 20 years ago. I, I suppose you'll just see the big getting bigger, and and uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes, yeah. I look back to the 80s, and I I think we lost a generation in agriculture that uh, that uh, mom and dad told their kids not to, to go into production agriculture. During that boom, we had kids coming back into Back to the farm, do you see that uh, there's that possibility we're going to lose uh, some of those kids again and have them leave uh, production agriculture? I'm the generation that was lost, I would say. I graduated in 1989, and out of the three classes on either side of me, um, there's only a handful of us that came back to the farm. And now we've seen further consolidation with our schools and businesses locally, um, in the past 20 years, of course, we did, or the past 10 years more specifically, we did see some of the rural renaissance come back, and I see some of that um, still being a good factor in, in people coming back. Again, it's these elementary school kids that, you know, they might find this lifestyle still to their liking. It, it's really hard to say how they're going to perceive life with people not doing family vacations, not going to Disney World, not going on airplanes, not going to see grandma and grandpa in another state. 
you know, we're, we're staying home. And Grandpa and Grandma aren't coming here. It's all done virtually, so the virtual world is going to get bigger with distance learning. I, I often joke my dad went to the ag school in Crookston. You know, they didn't have a local uh, secondary school for boys at, in that age group. And you might see something similar when my kids get to college that they don't have a campus that you go to, you know, it, you might see something similar, but in the reverse, that you don't have a college campus you go to, the college campus comes to you. So these kids might be able to find a virtual lifestyle in the rural areas that would be positive for us, that there's no congestion here, there's no population density, chances of catching some random virus are minimal. You know, it, it, in the end, it might actually be a positive for us here. Interesting. I, I, th- I think when we take a look at this entire pandemic, the, the, the big constant is uh, is uncertainty. Uh, we're challenged by, by not knowing what's going to happen next, how long we're going to be dealing with some of these these things. Do you think that's a fair assessment? It is. You always like to know, basically, you know where, where's my next meal coming from? Where's my next check coming from? You like to have that certainty. And right now, it's uncertain my kids are asking every day when are we going to find out when do we go back to school are we going back to school i hope we go back to school when do we find out and 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 for me of course as a farmer you learn to take every day as it comes because you don't know what's going to happen you just know that harvest is on the horizon but you don't know the price you're going to get for your product and and only hope for the best so yes Uncertainty is a big issue, and I think society really doesn't know what to expect come this winter. Hoping for some sort of normalcy, I've heard some talk that we've got baseball coming back. That's normal. That's good. We've got sports on TV. That'll be normal and good. But until you can do the things you're used to doing, it's not normal. And maybe what we're doing now becomes normal. Again, it's my kids that I'm worried about, and what they learn is normal. And right now, we have no idea of what normal is going to be. So, yeah, there's a lot of anxiety, I think, right now that I'm seeing. Thanks to you, Eric. Eric Youngren from Hallock, Minnesota. A reminder, you can hear all of the Transformation podcasts online at rrfn.com forward slash transformation. They're also available in uh, all the podcast sectors out there, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Alexa. A reminder, the Minnesota Department of Agriculture has some new ways that farmers and others involved in agriculture can uh, can get some help. That's through the Minnesota Farm and Rural Helpline, and it's now available not only by uh, Uh, phone, but text and email as well. It's a confidential service available 24-7. That uh, phone number, 833-600-2670, or you can text uh, farm stress, the words farm stress, to 898211. Again, our thanks to the Minnesota Department of Agriculture for their support of transformation, and in particular, this coping with COVID episode. We have numerous other stakeholders, including the North Dakota Soybean Council, North Dakota Corn Council, Minnesota Farmers Union, North Dakota Farmers Union, and the Minnesota Corn Growers Association. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.